everybody. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We welcome you. I was sitting over here thinking, I wanted to tell you that I hope there's not any place in the city of Kingsport, Tennessee, that you could be that you are made any more welcome than you are here today at God's living room. You are welcome in this place. And we're all here for the same reason, because God loves us and we want to love him more. And we want to love each other and be a part of what God is doing in us and among us. So God bless you for being here. Some friends we haven't seen for a while, some we haven't seen here before. So we welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's just a, a pleasure and a joy to be here. Miss D, how are you today? Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, somebody said, hey, Susie. Hey, Susie. <laughs> okay. All right. Landon, how are you today? Okay. Uh, we got some exciting news this week. I haven't even had a chance to speak to Landon yet about this, but we received a message from the Holston Annual Conference. And we have our conference in Lake Junaluska, North Carolina, every June. And they have reached out to us to have Shades of Grace represented in the worship on the stage this year, doing worship music and leading worship. So that's a big, uh, that's a big opportunity for us. So give the Lord thanks and put your hands together and praise God. Okay, so that's, that's a great joy to know. God is doing great things here with us and among us, and in spite of us. Amen. All right. Uh, let's see. What are we going to do? I'm so excited to be here. I kind of forgot my space here, Landon. I love that song you were doing. Lead it off. Let's sing just a chorus before we pray. We have a lot of prayer requests today, and we want to remember Tanya's mom, Bernice, who has taken a turn for the worse and really needs our prayers, and pray for Tanya and her loved ones during this time. We'll be having a memorial service here today at 1 o'clock, so we ask you to remember the family of Everett Larry Smith, whose service we'll be doing, and then we have another service here on Monday at 2 p.m., for Mrs. Worley, so please remember these families. And we have another family that reached out to us yesterday. We're going to be doing a service, but it's um, they've asked us to be in prayers for them, but there won't be any kind of announcements, and it will be something for, simply for the family. But please remember them in your prayers. Pray for all the requests, and if you have a request on your heart, just kind of put your hand up and say, okay, Lord, remember me. And we know that God will remember me and you. We're glad to have Officer Terry with us today. Yes. Yes. Trish, uh, who was always here helping Miss D or filling in 
for Dee, uh, lost her mother yesterday. She went to heaven, so uh, please remember her in your prayers. And uh, she's a wonderful servant of the Lord. So thank you for reminding me. We were talking about that earlier. And tell me, get his name right. Is it Karen? K Karen? Kaylin? Kyron. Okay, y'all got to help me out there, CJ. Kyron. But, you know, I look at Janice coming in and I call her great-grandmother and she said, no, 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 it's great-great-grandmother. So I think that's a celebration. We've got the great-great-grandmother, great-grandmother, um, and the little baby here today. So isn't that a great celebration? And this is second time in church, second time he's been here, and he's grown a lot since then. He's a chubby little guy. All right. Uh, we're chubby old guys, but <laughs> all right. Give us a hallelujah for that one. <laughs> all right. I'm going to ask Steve, our lay leader, to come up and lead us in our prayer at this time. And then, uh, Jason, it's good to see you today, too, and your wife. God bless you. I don't want to start calling names. I can't do that. But after this, Landon is going to be leading us in the worship today and uh, whatever they have designed. Let's just praise the Lord together. You mentioned Chubby and I show up. Thank you, Pastor Will. <laughs> God is so good. Hey, look over at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Now look over at the other neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. God is so good. Lord, Father, we just come to you with a grateful heart that we can be here, Lord. Uh, bless this service. Bless Landon with his music. Bless Pastor Will as he brings the message. And just let your spirit fall over this place, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify your wonderful name. Amen. Are you weary from the battle? Hiding. Does it seem that the storm just won't break? If there's a mountain in front of you that doubt said would never move, and you wondered, will God make a way? Tell me a time he's not been faithful. Tell Tell me a moment when he wasn't able to carry you through. Tell me a day he was less than almighty when he could not roll back the tide. Child, when you look back, you're gonna find there was Never a time. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Amen. So be strong in the Lord and remember to take hold of faith and stand firm. Oh, you can be confident the Lord keeps his promises if you doubt it just read through his word and tell me 
when he was unable to carry you through. Tell me a day he was less than almighty, when he could not roll back the tide. Child, when you look back, you're gonna find there was never a time. He can work miracles, do the impossible. If you don't believe it, just go on and try. And tell me a time he's not been faithful. Tell me a morning his mercies weren't new. Tell me a moment when he was unable to carry you through. And tell me a day he was less than almighty when he could not roll back the tide. When you look back, you're gonna find There was never a day he was less than almighty When he could not roll back the tide Child, when you look back, you're gonna find There was never a time Never Amen. I saw them giving food to the hungry at Shades of Grace in Kingsport, Tennessee. Someone looked my way and asked, who are they? I said, it looks like Jesus to me. It looks like Jesus to me. It looks like what he's called us to be. think that's what he'd do if he were me and you when we love the broken people that we see it looks like Jesus to me I saw him at the altar Sunday morning he lived his life out loud for all to see. I watched them surround him, pray with their arms around him, and love him like he's family. It looks like Jesus. 
Jesus to me It looks like what he's called us to be I think that's what he'd do If he were me and you Would we love the broken people that we Looks like Jesus to me. Have you ever wondered what he looked like? His hands, his eyes, his face, his hair. Could it be he gives you and me a glimpse of himself? When we show someone we care Sing with me this morning It looks like Jesus to me It looks like what he's called us to be I think that's what he'd do If he were me and you when we love the broken people that we see When we love the broken people that we see It looks like Jesus to me It looks like Jesus to me On the wings of a dove 
the wings of the snow white dove he sends his pure sweet love a sign from above on the wings of the dove on the wings of the snow white dove he sends his pure sweet love a sign from above on the wings of
that today. How about you? I'm learning to walk. Are you learning to walk? This little guy over here, he'll be walking pretty soon. Some of us have been walking a long time, but we're still learning how to walk, and as Dr. Smitty says, to walk each other home. You know, that's the value of coming together here on Saturday morning, is learning how to enter into the tribulations and sorrows and griefs of those around us. You know, uh, I know without mentioning any names and without looking in any direction, there are people among us today whose hearts are heavy, whose hearts are hurting, folks who have lost their homes, folks who are living in vehicles, folks who are living in the streets. It's a very present reality among us. And we're learning to help each other. And we, speaking to those who'll be viewing us on social media, I think this past week, um, we broke a record for our Wednesday night Will and Jimmy show, 9,600 views last week, and over 5,000 views of last weekend's worship service. So we're reaching a lot of people in a lot of places. So give God thanks for that. All over the place, people are hearing the good news of the gospel. But right here where we are, there's something about that song, I saw them feeding hungry in Kingsport, Tennessee. It looks like Jesus to me. And we couldn't do that without all of you. We couldn't do that without those of you on social media and wherever you are who help us. We're all one body together in Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's not about anybody that's bigger than anybody else or anybody that's more important than another. We're all learning how to be servants and how to serve Jesus Christ by serving one another. And my mother used to have a saying, and I guess she was kind of on my mind because in another week, next week, I guess, actually, it's going to be 23 years since she left this life. But she used to have a saying, it takes you your whole life to figure out how to live, and then you die. And the older I get, the more I think about that. That's profound, isn't it? And so I want us, everyone, every day, to redeem the time, as the scripture says, knowing that the times are evil in which we live. We never know when the last day will be that any of us could walk in or out of this place of worship. And God has placed us all here. Every one of you that are here in this building, you are valuable to God. You are important to God. You are a beloved child of God. And whatever your needs are, we want you to let us know somehow during the week when we're here, Mondays through Fridays, let us know. We don't have all the answers. Some days we don't have many answers, but we know the answer. But take time to come in and talk to us and let us know what your needs are. And let's see how we can help each other in this journey, okay? Um, we've, got to, we've got to do that. So I just I want to exhort to you today and to encourage you that you are important. Don't ever forget that. And you're welcome here in this place. 
It's called God's living room for a reason. And I didn't name it that. The folks who used to come in here when we first opened, they came in off the streets. And they said, we feel like this is home. This is God's living room. And I don't want that to ever change. May God help us all to stay true to the vision and to the call of what God wants to do. Amen. My heart is truly filled with joy today and peace because I see before me God. I see Jesus in every one of you. We're going to be reading some verses today from the Gospel of Mark chapter 1. We spent a long time going through some of the other Gospels. We went through um, Luke recently. We're going through John in Wednesday afternoon Bible studies at 1 o'clock. But now for a while, there will be a few times when I deviate from that, but we're going to be going through the Gospel of Mark. And we started that last Saturday morning. and. Uh, not too many of you were able to be here, but on the coldest day of the year, I still think we had about 20 or 21 people came in. And uh, you can go back and read that and watch it and view it and ponder a little bit about it. But we're still in Mark chapter 1, and we're going to be leading through this in the future, God willing. So let's read together. They went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He even gives orders to the impure spirits and they obey him. The news of this spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. I told you last week just briefly that the Gospel of Mark moves very quickly. It starts with this time of Jesus already in his ministry and it's it's moving very quickly he tells very fast stories it's a narrative one after the other whereas some of the other gospels spends more time on each specific healing or each specific situation we jump quickly from whatever is happening in the spiritual realm in the life of Jesus as as mark records it so it began with the ministry of John the Baptist in the first few verses, the baptism of Jesus, the temptation of Jesus, and a summary of all of Jesus' preaching. 
And then we talked last week and the week before about the call of the first disciples. Come and follow me and let me make you fishers of people. And of course the story today. And then as we go through Mark in the weeks to come, we're going to see him healing the mother-in-law of Simon Peter and many others. And there will be nine accounts of healing in the Gospel of Mark alone. And he also includes these additional three exorcism stories. So this is an action and healing-oriented gospel by Mark. So I hope you learn from that. I hope your life will be touched from that. And I hope we will all walk with Jesus in these miracles that we're reading about and thinking about. So Jesus went to Capernaum. I've been to Capernaum many times. It's on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It was an ancient fish, fishing village in the time of our Lord. Today it's uh, ruins. It's a city that no one lives in, but there's lots of tourism. There's lots of people who visit Capernaum. But in the days of our Lord, it was considered his second hometown. And you can go to a place called uh, the Valley of the Doves. It's one of my favorite places to visit in Israel, and you can Google that and look it up and read about it. I have some pictures on my phone from my last trip there nine months ago. And it's just a few miles from Capernaum. There's a mountain range and there's a gap. Much like you may be driving here and you driving north and you see the gap of Moccasin Gap. Remember that? Or you see the mountains. And, and so there was a footpath, an ancient footpath, and you can walk from Capernaum to Jesus' hometown of Nazareth. It was a shortcut. And so Jesus spent most of his days in Capernaum as a rabbi, as a teacher, as a grown man. And as he entered into the uh, synagogue, which is another word for the house of worship, the house of God, he taught them and they were amazed because he spoke as somebody who had authority. Well, what they were learning and what they were going to understand, many of them, is that all authority is given unto Jesus Christ. In him, we, you and I, all of us, live, move, have our very existence. And Jesus said, I am the vine and every one of you are the branches. And as long as you dwell in me and don't allow yourself to be cut off or separated from Jesus, the true vine, we will have a good life. Things may not be perfect. Things will not be perfect. But we will have a joy unspeakable, full of glory and a peace that nothing in this world can measure. Can the church say amen? And I cast my lots with living for Jesus anytime. And I can tell you I've been on some of those rough roads and some stony paths of life. And I've learned from each crooked turn that I made and each place that I wound up, knowing that I need to listen more to the words of Jesus, who said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And whoever comes and follows me will make disciples of me. Did you know that you, if you profess the name of Jesus, if you call yourself a follower of the Lord, that you are 
making disciples. Did you know that? Now, hopefully, we're all doing that in a positive way, but we're either causing people to follow us in a positive way, or if we're not walking in the Spirit, then we may be causing people to stumble in their path and not follow the Lord. But any way we go, we are influencing people, aren't we? We're making disciples. Disciple simply means somebody that's a follower. And it kind of scares me a little bit sometimes to think that people might be following me. How about you? Um, what were we talking about, Jimmy and I, earlier up there? He was somewhere to wherever he was yesterday, and somebody said, You're Jimmy, aren't you? From the Will and Jimmy show. And he didn't know the woman. And I went to Greenville the other day, and somebody said, Hey, Pastor Will. So I have learned that wherever I am to do my, well, let's say, <laughs> to do my best, right? To try to put on a smile and anybody else struggle with that sometimes? Because somebody may see Pastor Will in a day he's not quite up to par. And if you all have been around me long enough, if I just say long enough, you will have seen that part of me. Amen. Now I'm being honest. I want to be as transparent and honest as I can be that every one of us are works in progress. None of us has arrived yet. Remember the story in the Old Testament of how they went and they saw the man making the vessel on the wheel with clay. You know, they keep turning it and they're making it into a beautiful clay pot or urn or flower pot or whatever you want it to be. And if it gets to turning the wrong way or something happens to the clay, he doesn't try to repair it right there where it's at. He just kind of takes it all apart, jumbles it all up together, and then he starts all over again with it. Aren't you glad that God is a God who starts over with us? Because he has the authority to do that. When we submit ourselves to him and say, Lord, here I am again. Lord, here I am. Anybody ever make that prayer? It's me again, Lord. You know that old song, Lennon? Give us a verse of it. We'll put him on the spot today. It's me again, Lord. I got a prayer. I need an answer. It's me again, Lord. I got a problem that I can't solve. I don't mean to worry you, but here I am facing something new. I need help that only comes from you. It's me again, Lord. Everybody say, it's me again, Lord. Not my brother, not my sister. But it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And let's remember that as we are into a new year. That, Lord, it's me. It's me again, Lord. God didn't call me to fix anybody. I can't even fix myself. Amen. Isn't that true? But God can. Did, did you sing that the other day? I know a man who can. Jeff. Oh, Jeff did. Yeah, okay. Where is Jeff today? 
Oh, Jeff fell and hurt his ribs. Okay, well, say a prayer for him. Lennon, sing a verse of that today. He's helping me preach today, okay? I can't take a heart that's broken, make it over again, but I... Watch it wide as the snow But I know a man who can Sing it with us now So we know that Jesus, and that's who we're talking about, and that's who we're trying to follow. And I always say to you, uh, and I heard a preacher say one time, you're not Apostle Paul, and you're not Jesus either. And I know that, okay? <laughs> I don't even put myself in the same category. But the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. Even Paul realized there were some of those times that he probably must have missed it too. So only follow what you see in anyone who follows Jesus, that which exemplifies Jesus, right? Because we live in earthen vessels, and those vessels crack and they're flawed, and they leak a lot, right? But we know a man who fills our hearts and our souls over and over again with the Holy Spirit. You know, God fills our vessels for one reason, and what is that? So we can pour it out to other people? And so I thought, well, maybe sometimes we're not very generous in pouring out, so he may put a few cracks in us, so it'll just go ahead and leak out anyway, right? Does that make sense? Right? You like that? In the spiritual sense, okay. Isn't that true? Why do we think God pours God's Spirit into us? Except that we splash it out all over on everybody else, right? Is it making any sense to anybody but me? Amen. Rock, rock if it is. Come on, rock a little bit. There we go. Now we're going to get seasick, okay? Are y'all having fun? You see, Jesus went to the house of the Lord on the Sabbath day. And that's what we've done. For the world, this is Saturday. It is the day of the Sabbath for the Jewish people. But every day is the Lord's day to worship. And some people say, why in the world did y'all switch over and you start doing church on Saturday? Well... Here we are, and it's working out, isn't it? We're following the Lord. Follow the Spirit. Don't ever get to the point that you cannot change. 
I think the greatest problem with most Christian people is they think I got it this way and you're going to have to get it the way I did. And nothing can be farther from the truth. Amen. Everybody work out our own salvation before the Lord with fear and trembling. And so on the Sabbath day, Jesus entered into the synagogue and he taught. Now today, if you go to Capernaum, you'll see the ruins of that. We always go in and we sit down along the wall around the edge and see where Jesus would have taught. And it's just ruins today with the stone pillars and no roof. But it's the place where Jesus taught over 2,000 years ago. So he taught the people with authority and with healing in his voice. He rose with healing in his wings, to use an Old Testament verse. Now, did the amazement of the people there that day cause other people to believe in Jesus? What do you think? How many of you know that you can hear a lot of sermons and it may never really change your heart, but if you see a sermon in action, it makes a difference. So that's why we are to say, do as I, how's that go? You're going to be brave enough to finish it? Go ahead, tell me. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> do as I say and not as I do. Because there's a whole lot of saying and sometimes the doing don't match up with the saying, right? Is that true? Ronnie, you're liking this, aren't you? We missed you last week. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> like raising kids, he said. Do as I tell you, not the way I do. So what do you think? It caused the people to follow Jesus. The, does my life, I'm, I'm speaking for me, but I want you to put yourself in that same question. Does the way I live my faith, the way I walk my faith out in the world, does that make somebody want to follow Jesus? Or do I have just enough religion to make people mad? <laughs> so we think about that. There's all kinds of responses and all kinds of reactions, but Jesus spoke as one with authority. And he drove out that unclean spirit. And the report, the good news of this, went out everywhere all around the surrounding areas of Galilee. Good news. How many of you know that good news doesn't always spread as quickly as bad news? I don't have all the data, but I remember looking it up one time years ago. It's been in my lifetime, by the way. Someone started a newspaper. It was a publication called Good News. And it went bankrupt in a very short time. You know why? Because good news doesn't sell. The people wanted sad news. They wanted bad news. They want to read about everybody else's problems. Right? So the gospel is something that is to be lived out in our lives every day. As we go about as Jesus did, doing good doing our best to do the best we can. 
Remember in the last couple of weeks, we talked about Jesus calling the disciples. He said, come and follow me and I will make you to be fishers of men. So here Jesus went to the house of those two, Simon and Andrew, and they brought to him all who were sick and those who were possessed by devils. And the whole city was gathered by the door. The common people believe. And we also see that others believed. But the scribes and Pharisees, unfortunately, for the most part, remain unconvinced. What will it take for me? What will it take for you? This is your question. I'm, I'm, we're asking this of ourselves. To be a more effective follower of Jesus. We can go back and look at John the Baptist very briefly when he said, I must decrease so he may increase. So that the world can see Jesus in me. Right? And Jesus has to be here in order for people to see Jesus. So let's say, Lord, live in me today. You know, we make it so complicated and so hard sometimes for people to become, to become Christians. How do you do that, Miss D? How do you do that? <laughs> she said, I did it, but you didn't do it, did you? They haven't invented that word yet. <laughs> oh, I need a drink. How about you? Thank you very much, whoever set this up here. All right. Why would the people refuse to believe Jesus? Could it be because of their traditions of the past? Grandma got it that way and Grandpa got it that way and we got to get it the same way. I heard a story once years ago about a family that, and this, this ties into what I'm talking about, because the same thing happens with our uh, spirituality and our religious traditions. But they would go visit Grandma every Sunday for dinner and a special days, and she always had a great big cooking pot or a great big pan, roasting pan, let's say. It was a great big pan, but no matter how big the roast was, she always cut about this much off of it and set it aside before she put it in this great big pan. And that was her tradition. And the family came week in and year out and ate, and finally someone said, why is that you always cut part of that off instead of putting it all in the pot? She said, well, that's how my mother did it. And they got an old photo album out and started looking and someone noticed, but grandma had a little pot and everything fit in it. So when you get a big pot, you gotta still cut it off. So it works like grandma did, right? Is that making sense to anybody? If it's not, I'll tell the joke over because I must have missed the punchline. Did you get it, Yuzoma? 
Did you? Okay. All right. Okay. If the Nigerians and the Filipinos can get it, the rest of us can get it, right? Did you get it, Mikey? Okay. Isn't that wonderful? I have to tell you the story. What was her name, Steve, that used to work at the desk many years ago from the Dominican Republic? Yeah, Jimillette. And she worked right over here at the desk for quite a few months. And she was from the Dominican Republic and she spoke, I think, six languages fluently and several other languages she could communicate, as Mikey says, communicate pretty good. And one day she was over here working and we were busy and there was a lot of people in the building. And a gentleman came in and God bless him, he's on to be with the Lord now. We had his funeral here. He met a really untimely death, a tragic death, by the way. But he was over here and he was a little bit more inebriated than probably some who walk in this door. And he was trying to get some help and she finally came to the office door and she said, Pastor, she said, you know, I can speak six languages and I can translate other things, but she said, I just cannot get this Appalachian. That's a true story. Anybody relate? Are y'all having fun? If you're not having fun, pray for me. Are you having fun, Misty? Lannon, are you? Are you? Better than going to the movies, okay? I haven't been to the movies for a long time. Okay, let's see. The report of him went out immediately to all the region, and Jesus became one who was very famous. But his actions backed up his words. That's what makes the difference. And so the people were all amazed. And they asked that question, what is this? What is this? That's, what, that's the question that some people ask about shades of grace sometimes. What is this? By the way, most of you have gotten a copy of the little book that I wrote called Reflection from God's Living Room. We gave out 500 and we ordered 100 more. So if you're here today and you did not get one of those, uh, I want you to have one as a gift. So... See me before you leave if you didn't get one. It's just a little story. But I'm working on another one. And it's going to tell some more stuff that, well, let's go. Let's move on. It'll be interesting. So um, I want you to get that. Because when you read it, you'll see why some people say, what is this? Did you get one? Uh, oh, okay. I owe you one. Well, my, since you're the great, great one among us today, I'll give you two. How's that? By the way, I got some good news that we're going to do. And that's how everything always happens here. We just feel the spirit leading. Just right, Yuzoma, she came in here three years ago and we started talking about Nigeria. And before she left, we already had the makings of Shades of Grace International. And it's growing and God is blessing 
shades of grace on the other side of the world. But a man came and talked to me um, Wednesday, I guess. Was it Wednesday or Thursday? Anyway, I'd never met this gentleman before. But he came in and we spent about an hour. And I won't mention any names, but he mentioned his daughter's name. And she comes here often. We see her pretty often. But he's struggling as a parent. And... Um, he came, and when he left, he said, you don't know how much better I feel just talking to you and Jimmy. I don't feel like I'm all alone. But he came in asking, is there a peer support group in the area for people who have children living with addictions? And I said, I'm sure there's got to be plenty of them, because, you know, there's AA meetings all over the place. But we started checking around and we couldn't find anything readily available. And then Frontier Health contacted me and they said, we don't know of any group like that, but we really need one. And they said, if you will start one, let us know and we'll get on board and promote it. So yesterday, within 24 hours of that need being presented to us, we decided we're going to offer that here at Shades of Grace. And I've already had seven or eight people responding to me that they want to be a part of that. And we don't know how it's going to turn out or where it's going to go, but if God says to do it, then we'll just let God do it, right? For me, myself, I don't even plan to attend. So I don't have children, except about 200 every day. Now, I think I got a little dose at Shades of Grace of what it must be like to be a parent, though. Because some of them, a few people have come in and called me daddy a time or two, you know. Anyway, I, I'm joking here. We've got to have fun. We're here to love people and to help people. And I think this is a new way that we'll be able to do that. But have you heard his story? Have you heard his voice? Have you heard the still small voice of the one who speaks with authority? You'll know it. And I'll, I use opportunity for testimony. I know that I know that I know that I know that I, I know. A number of years ago, the Holy Spirit put on my heart to start a ministry and gave me the name Shades of Grace. Somebody said, you're crazy, trying to start another church. Kingsport's got too many already. That's the stories I heard. But what a journey it has been as we come close to our 10th year of being here. But I know that I heard that still small voice from the Lord. And what is that still small voice of authority talking to you about? What's God leading you to do? Just think about, that's your answer. That's yours to decide, not me. But think about it. Ponder on it. Meditate. Cogitate. What are, what are you hearing Jesus say to you? And it's the easiest thing in the world to just step out by faith 
and do what God says to do. Just do it, right? Just do it. All things are possible. Whatever God is calling you to do. If you feel like you don't understand what it is, I'll be glad to talk to you any day. Any of us, we've got volunteers here. We'll be glad to talk to you and pray with you and pray for you. But you can make a difference. You are making a difference, every one of you. God bless you. You are loved in the name of Jesus. Landon, I want you to kind of bail me out over here and redeem me and sing something for us. And then we got one more thing we're going to do at the close of the service. And Steve and Jimmy, I haven't forgotten it, okay? But I might, so. Um. Troubles come and I can't find an answer. Lonely nights I've spent in agony. I have no other friend that I, I could turn to. Here I am, Lord, back upon my knees. It's me again, Lord. I've got a prayer. I need an answer. It's me again, Lord. I've got a problem I can't solve. Well, I don't mean to worry you, but here I am facing something. me again, Lord. I know you're mighty busy in your heaven, forming worlds and hanging stars to shine. You promised if I'd ask that I could go there. So here I Thank you, Landon, for always uh, having the right words and the right music. But I ask you again, what is he wanting you to do? He's called the disciples. He's told the truth. He's proclaiming the gospel. And we are still followers of the way these many, many centuries later. And we still have a job to do. Okay. Um, and uh, let's have our closing prayer, and then we'll have a special thing real quick, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your mercies. Thank you, God, that you do what we can't. And Lord, you can take these 
as they say, trembling hands and fumbling lips and take a message and make it to touch our hearts. So, Lord, I pray that whatever has been said today will find its resting place in each one of us, that we will stop and listen for that voice that speaks with authority only to us as individuals. And when we respond as individuals, then the church of Jesus Christ will respond in its wholeness. Lord Jesus, bless those among us who sorrow, who are sad, who are sick, who are troubled, who are in need. Lord, help us. Help us in this room to help in some way, because if not us, who? And if not now, when? This is my prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.